but really take a look at your leaders like these guys and gals that are in leadership roles like stop working them so many hours let them have a life yep. um there's none of the bell to bell shame on you shame on you no more bell to bell Welcome to another episode of The Drive. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, Lori. Hi, Jason. How's it going? I'm so glad we were able Good to, to jam. You. This is going to be fun. All right, let's go for a ride. Well, Lori, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me. I, I really appreciate it. I know we've been connected on LinkedIn for a while, so it's it's so cool to you know actually connect human to human. You human know, to human. <laughs> yeah. And people don't believe though that it's real. It is real, and it's, you're real, and your tie really is orange. I was wondering. It's really. I was orange. beginning to the wonder if that was everything. just like you know my resolution <laughs> on my screen, or if it was really. You yeah. look good. Thanks. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, for everybody that's watching and listening right now, and don't know your background and kind of how you got started. Let's start with that two-minute origin story. That is Lori. Okay. Oh, so not somebody else's? Okay. Yeah, we'll so my real resume. Yeah. All right. So I started selling cars 22 years ago. Single mom. Wow. It's one of those stories, right? So um, they told me it was going to be awesome and easy, and that wasn't really true. Yeah. But that's okay because I figured it out. So anyway, I found a business that I saw that even from that position, I saw there was a lot of upside, mm -hmm. but also um, a lot of things like missing in the processes way back then. Like, sure. like why aren't they doing it like this or that? Because I think I was a mom. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, well, I would do it like this. I'm all time management <laughs> and best possible outcome. And so from there, I went on to managing stores across the country. And then I went to cars.com, had my dream job. I was yeah. speaking in 150 cities a year for three oh, straight years. Yeah, up, down. About road warrior. Yeah, like this. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it was great because I got to see dealers, you know, literally thousands of dealers a month. Yeah. Literally. And, and knowing like, they really are hungry for information, mm -hmm. even from the vendor. And uh, they've got such this appetite. We've really got to deliver them everything we possibly can. Not just tell them what's wrong. Yes. Tell them how to fix it and how to get there. So then I went from there to AutoNation for five years. And then was doing another stint for about a year for a couple of really cool companies. And then I started on my own this year. Oh, so that's just this, this year? One year ago, right? One year ago, NADA. Yeah. That is so exciting. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, it's fun doing stuff on your own, but you know, I don't think people realize how much work it really is. A lot of, yeah, I mean, you're you know? everything. You're, you're this, everything. These people who say they're the CEO, I'm like, yeah, and tell people also that you, you know, you're the, you're the admin. Yeah. And then you have to sign up for every like digital service that you need, all the tech yeah. stack. That's you. Well, um, and anything that goes wrong, it's all on you. It's you. you know, it's, it's like my team makes it makes a mistake. It's mine. You know, client's got an issue. It's my phone number that they're calling. Everything you know. that you're doing with all your, I mean, there's yeah. just a ton of work that goes into everything. But you know, it's really rewarding. It's so much fun. And I'll never think about, um, I think I'm always really good with teams and like everybody working together. I will probably appreciate a support staff at a level <laughs> that is like astronomically high. Like I'll be like, you know, admin day and I'm like, you know, buying them a house, yeah. <laughs> not <Yeah>. flowers. <laughs> Thank you for these things. You know, take t content strategy takes yes, time. It yeah, calls every call takes a little longer than you think. So, but but I love it, and I'm very so fortunate. Tell, it's going tell me a well. A little bit about what you're doing for dealerships now. Right. So it's actually two things. I help dealerships and I help vendors both. Very cool. And so with dealerships, really think about um, 
performance, and when I say performance, we have a lot of people in roles that are managerial, but they're not really leaders. Mm, and so agreed. a leader, leaders, so I talk a lot about attributes, Jason. Okay. And so I say like, like not just what is the, this role, we keep hiring from, from job roles that are archaic at this point, yeah. considering everything that's happened since 50 years ago when a finance director role was established, <laughs> yet we haven't really evolved and iterated those roles to match up the, those attributes. So um, most managerial roles are really devoid of any role coaching sure. um, abilities, not just saying, yeah, we'll, oh, I'm we'll the coach. we on the activities, but not right. actually coach on the efforts. 100%. Um, we really haven't, in fairness, we really haven't helped leaders, um, people become leaders by giving them a real digital awareness and how this all works together mm -hmm. and how this can help them. We tell them what to do. Hi, you should buy a CRM, but we don't tell them how to yeah, really use it. Get this widget, get this widget, buy yeah. that widget. Yeah, and we make a lot of assumptions and it's really not fair, but it's also incumbent on them to step up. So what I do is I'll go in and help the team all leadership roles, we start saying, okay, and I don't do a formula, but yeah. okay, from where your people are right now, what would be natural iterations and expectations mm -hmm. that you could have that are, you know, the whole smart thing, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, you know, and relevant and time sensitive. And let's get these people moving forward and let's let them feel really good because these people may not stay with us forever. Sure. You may not want them to, <laughs> but let's get them also ready for the next role or the next place that they go to work. So let's, some employee development then. Always, especially for the leaders. And when yes. we do that, you know what we find is that all the, everyone's in here talking about culture and retention. It's a buzzword. I love culture, but Me I just, too. it's, I'll tell you what culture is. And I think there's a big misconception around it. It's like uh, taking your team out for beer and wings is not no. culture. But they seem to think that that's what I do. I'll go hang out, I'll go bowling with them or something. And I'm creating or, culture. Let's. Not. Or smiling faces like this on your ads. We treat our customers and I'm like, well, what do your people say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I look, I look at it and I really believe, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but like, I believe that when we create better leaders, yes. like true leaders, no matter what the role, BDC director, leader, yeah. the receptionist, the chief leader in charge of, you know, uh, customer interaction, right? When we do that, we don't need to worry about CSI. We, we, we become, our people become ambassadors for bringing people in. You don't have to recruit. People are like dying to go to work there because there's this thing that you have. You so it's this perpetual machine. Yes, yes, and your leaders set the tone for the culture. You can't superimpose culture. We're, gonna, we're working on a culture program. Now work on your people. Yes. <laughs> then that become because you have culture no matter what. Yes. Now just work on your leaders and, and give them um, a fair path and give, be kind with them and An thoughtful plan. and, and build plan. it out Whoa. and recognize them for it. <laughs> yes. You know, recognize that like, because we recognize like, nice job getting yeah, that exactly. deal We're done. Like, there you right. go. Way to work until one o'clock <laughs> last night and be back here at eight this morning. But we never say, way to, you know, take that guy aside and coach him up. He's really improving and that's all on you. Yeah, you know, is. way to be, your coaching skills, Jason, are just really becoming extraordinary. Thank you, you're a real leader here. We appreciate that is an asset to our organization. Well, and it means a lot to the individual, right? Because right. what you're doing is you're connecting as a human to the person. Mm -hmm. So they're not, at that moment, all right, it's not just an employee, it's a, another human. Right. And you're just identifying what you appreciate about that individual. I mean, that is so insanely powerful. Mm -hmm. So uh, my work is fun. Yeah, it because is. That would I, be a lot of fun. I don't um, try to convince anybody to work with me. I only work with progressive people because I don't, yeah. I don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time. There's there are so much there, opportunities. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I find that the people who are the most progressive aren't um, satisfied. They yes. want to do more. <laughs> they want to do more. 100%. Yeah, but I don't care if people right now are struggling. I'll help them get stable. If they're, once they're stable, we can go to successful. Once they're successful, we'll shoot for the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny. You know, it's like um, we want to create a culture that our 
customers want to buy into. Right. And so they that's what they seem to focus on first. But actually, it, it's the culture of why your employees want to stay employed by you. That kind of seems to be that first part. And we don't really do a necessarily good job of defining why would an employee want to stay with me. Now, why would they want to come there to begin with? Yeah. Let's start there. It's like, like we, we want them to embrace our why as a right. business. But we don't take the time to learn their why as an individual. No, not at all. And I, I think I think that's it. And you know, Liza Borchos out from Carter Myers, she's yeah. such a great example. Abigail Campman in principle. I'm not intentionally naming a couple women, but wow, that was kind of <laughs> funny how that happened. That but um but they're really committed to that holistic experience. I yes. mean Abigail is really committed to ongoing education for her people. So she brings the education to them. And I'm not just talking about like a manufacturer training. Yes. I'm talking about education, like academia yeah. coming into her organization and you know serving up classes and things like that. that. So cool. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of different models. You know, I think um, one of the things that I would just encourage all of your listeners is don't just look at how's another dealer doing it. Like just go like wait, clean slate, whiteboard. Sure. Like what can you do to set yourself apart and be a place that attracts people with leadership attributes even at the $12 an hour level? Well, I think that first step yeah. is like, as it, look, we all know what we do, all right? We service cars and move metal, all right? right? Uh, you know, for the most part, I think everyone in our organization knows how we do it as far as training on the activities of it. Right. You know, I don't know. I would say a much smaller percentage of dealers that I've met have really defined out why they do it the way that they do it and have communicated that why to their employees. So I would I would just back up one thing. The how mm -hmm. is cool. Like they know how to do the job function, but I don't think they know how it impacts the whole organization and all the of the point. pillars within it. Yeah. So then I say, I go from there, like the why. And when you get to their own why and your company's why, and when you find people who that aligns nicely, yeah. like they will work for you, like no matter what the role, they'll work for you out of purpose. Yes. People stop worrying about the pay. Like they know what pay category they fall in. Yep. And it was their choice to come there. Yeah. Like make them want to stay. Yeah. Make them want to stay. And and I would really say, um, be really careful hiring like upper leadership positions right now. Because any any progress that you make Hired. with that, I'm gonna say one guy. <laughs> yep. One guy can take that whole thing down immediately. Yeah. So like um, you know, you don't want to just, you, you want to be really careful. Again, you don't necessarily want the GM that's been around 30 years and like, oh yeah, I've, like, well, where did he, where, where did he get his blueprint from? Well, I think the other yeah. question is like, why are we having to hunt for those? Right. I mean, exactly. if we were developing from the very beginning, then I don't have to hunt for those. Where's you know? our bench? Exactly. You know, I, I got yeah. a salesperson, you know, it's funny, like, why did you get into the business? Ultimately, I want to be a general manager. Whew. You know, 22 years old, wants to be a GM. Okay, you know, what does that path look like for right. him? Give him that plan, give him those efforts. What's the next milestone, the next milestone, the next milestone? You're gonna get to a point where you're gonna get incredibly productive employees, mm -hmm. right? Because they have a very clear plan of where they, what they have to achieve to get to where, what they want to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then we're not constantly having to hunt nope. for that next, that next role, that next position. No, nope. dealers across the country right now are suffering from a lack of bench 
people mm -hmm. are migrating away from our yeah. business. They're leaving in droves because we haven't adjusted to the quality of life that people demand nowadays. It's not millennials, it's yeah. humans. After we went through the economic downturn, people changed, not just millennials grew up. Mm -hmm. People changed. They said, you know, if my house can lose its value by 30% literally overnight, right? If my 401k could get a 50% chomp on it, if I, my um, family and I had to be separated for a while so we could each work and keep things going, if we had to think about making tough decisions about where our kids were gonna go to school about that, people were like, wait a second, what are we doing? And what is this yeah. American dream anyway? So like I say this night, like, yes, of course, entry level employees are important too, but really take a look at your leaders, like these guys and gals that are in leadership roles, like stop working them so many hours, let them have a life. Yep. Um, there's none of this, bell to bell, shame on you. Shame on you. No more bell to bell. I know, it's, Stop it. it. I, I just Stop. remember, I remember that term so much, Stop. you know, growing up. I mean, I, nonsense. I, I, I appreciate the term because I get a smile out of it because, you know, I did it, you know, yeah. but uh, to your point, I don't think that's necessarily, and I think a bell to bell now is not necessarily the hours that I put in as much as the effort that I put in in the time that I'm there. Right. I, so I do a thing with um, managers. I can talk to you more about this later, but I yeah. look at it and I go like, okay, out of think about all the things that you're good at, you're good at, you enjoy doing them and they make a difference, like both in profit, you know, for the company volume, whatever, like think they really make a difference. Now think about all the things that fill your day, all the stuff you're doing, how much of your time are you spending in that sweet spot? Mm, what point. percentage of your time? And most guys, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll go through this entire exercise with them. Most people are like, holy moly, I don't even spend 5% of my day doing the things that are really the things that were the epitome of what made me be able to do this job. Yes, exactly. And so then when you can just even, I say, don't even try to change that overnight to like, oh, now I'll be 95%. Go to 10. Yeah. Just go to 10. That's double where you are right now. Yeah. That's double. 100% more time focused on those things. And um, and I think people will win. Sometimes the answers are right there. But we look at the spell to bell thing too with like managers. And when you think there's so much time, A, you're exhausted. B, you always think you're going to get around to it because you think there's going to be time. It still takes highly focused time management yeah, to say what is the most important thing to be getting done right now and and for my future. Did you read that book, uh, Deep Work? Uh, I haven't seen Deep Work. Okay. Tell me. I, I think you'd really like that. Um, hard work is pretty yeah. much all we've ever talked about in our industry for such a long time, right? right? But it goes beyond hard work. It is deep work. It is just literally getting in there and executing. It's not just working hard, and you're working hard, it's usually because you're being reactive, mm -hmm. you know? But it's is that, is that intentional planning and strategizing that you know throughout my entire day or the three four hours i decide to deep work all right that i am going to achieve this this and this but it takes and you have to be intentional with your time that is the key of the yeah. whole thing it has to be intentional you know we gotta stop this whole reactive i don't know and everything's a distraction yeah. Yeah, everything is, everything's yeah. a distraction this fire's going off that fire's going off i gotta go put that out yeah. how about this when you hear a gm like oh well, I'll go out there and I'll pencil a deal. I'm like, oh my God, why? Like, why in the world exactly. would you do something that you have like three layers of people yeah. that are supposed to be doing? And now what you're, I always say to a GM, when you're doing that, what aren't you doing? Yes. You're not running your entire enterprise. And Jason, why are we still saying that a salesperson, when you said that earlier, because we all do, salesperson comes in and they, they think that's the track these days from everything I'm even hearing at this conference. <laughs> Dude, I'm looking in the back of the house for the next GMs, right? Yeah. Fix Ops is leading the path with profit, um, 
Uh, and, and the biggest difference we can make in the market, I think we've got to look at, uh, again, we've looked at this through one very narrow lens for so long, it's like time to back up and go, wait a second. I just I think it's really crazy, it is 2020. Here. We have always been a people business. Right. And I think, and I actually like this time, you know, you've been in the industry long enough where, where you've seen these, these dips, these rises and these plateaus and, you know, for the last two, three years and probably for the next two or three years, we're going to be in a period of plateau. Mm -hmm. And I always like this. It usually happens every six to seven years. Everyone freaks out every time mm -hmm. it happens, right? But I like that because it almost seems to reset everything again. Mm -hmm. And it's like we have to go back and we have to look at our efficiencies and we have to look at our people and we have to look at our operational experiences. You know, it's we're not chasing that that next shiny widget. Right. You know, it, it's getting back to really what makes my business tick. People, the operational experience. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's important to always just go like, what? How well are we doing with the fundamentals? What if we had to strip all those things away and you had a pen and paper in your hand? Yep. How well could you run your business Did now? Anybody could desk a deal. Oh my gosh. Anybody could figure out a lease. Yeah, I, I, I used to be able to do those like by hand. Like, I yeah, I'm like, oh my God, I don't even, anybody knows what that is anymore. They think yeah. that's like a, you know, a fairy tale. Yeah. But no, there is a chupacabra. Yeah. And there, there, is. And there, there really is. There is a lease by hand, but just don't, don't even bother. But I think we, it's just time to stop everything. I would just really encourage dealers that are like spending more money faster. And then they're going, wait, I look at it like, um, margin compression we go like we got margin compression going out of time and we're spending more dollars than ever on tools to sell the cars at less money than ever yes that's bad math i'm always talking about math yeah i'm like oh, i could say data but i like to say math because that's kind of fun that's I just really go, is, let's look right? at the math let's look at the math like let's see okay if Susie spends eighty thousand dollars a month on seo <laughs> and makes two hundred dollars a le less a month on cars than she did last year yeah. did Susie make a good decision that make sense? yeah i don't, <laughs> I don't know about that but um but I, I take a look and I go, just stop and quit getting in this fever sure. of even trying to catch up and be ahead. Are you ahead? Do you know what ahead looks like? Yeah. Is ahead really impacting your organization? What's essential? What's not? How are my people? How are they not? How am I? So I have a question for I you then. How do I, um, there's a lot of managers. Yes. And um, I don't know if I necessarily even like the word. I'm 50-50 I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm on it right yeah. now. Like, um, but there are managers and there are leaders. And I've met both and significantly different individuals. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we get managers into leaders? So first of all, some of it's just DNA. Okay. You can teach people with leadership attributes. You can teach them skills. Yeah. I think it's a very difficult road to try to go down, to mm -hmm. try to turn somebody without those attributes into a leader. Yeah, so what, what, what would you say some of those attributes are? So I would just, you know, I would like, so well, the thing is like, if I'm hiring, I'm taking people through the paces that like, it's not like, well, tell me about how many years on your job and just get feeling really good. Like, oh, I'm grabbing this guy that, oh, he did this, he knocked it out of the park, he had 800% increase at this store or whatever. Like, who cares? Like, what can he do like right now with my store? Yeah. Like right now, so it's not just give me examples. Um, but it's more about tell me the stories. Tell me like how you got there. Tell me what it was that was driving you nuts. Tell me how you spotted that missed opportunity. Yeah. And some of those people too, they tell you about these massive increases. They don't tell you that it was during the economic downturn and then they had an increase. And like, like you really need context for the stories though. Yeah, you so, identify the DNA, right? Right. So I think that I think that the the biggest thing for um, 
people like when you're trying to identify leadership attributes, it's for yourself, hold yourself accountable to apply context to the conversations that you're going to have with these people. I like that. Right. So then you're just looking for people, you know, are they easy to get along with? Are they team based? When we hire, like, let's just say, for example, like the lead salesperson, like this guy always took the wall. Let that guy be. Yeah. He's a lone wolf. Yeah. Lone wolves are not leaders. No. But they are exceptional human beings. And, and there's a place for them. Keep them. <laughs> get them a sandwich every day, whenever yeah. they want it. Put whatever, you know, get it exactly the way they want it and let them go. Get them an assistant. Let them get. We sometimes look at um, career progression in automotive as only going upwards towards this GM role. Yes. What about just going wide and, like you said, deep? Yes. And just being like the best, like Frank Crenetti out of Georgia. Like, wouldn't you take 15 of him instead of oh, like, my gosh. you put him in the management and you just took 100 sales a month off your floor yeah. and you got to lead. And I'm Frank would be an exception probably, but like a leader, uh, a manager that may or may but not be able to lead people. Look, right? that, that's a pretty yeah. common story you yep. see in a lot of dealerships is that, you know, the salesperson's been around for a long time and he wants more. And, and for some reason, we're like, okay, here's a GM title. What? Because, because in the past, that was the path to the next job. Sure. Sell a bunch of cars, you become a manager. It's like, that's probably the worst guy. That guy might be out till three in the morning every day, but he still has this formula where he's going to get his car sold. He's got yep. his reasons why that works. The reasons for building a team don't work. So I just take a look at like, um, are they at the core of them, are they team oriented mm -hmm. or are they self oriented? I'm not saying either are bad, but different roles require different well, things. I, I think that's true, right? We're, we're, it's not to take a square peg and stick it into a round hole. I mean, you know, let's just, they, these people are who they are. Right, and that's okay. I don't try to make people be different. I like to just see people get to the best version of themselves. Yes. And if it's a role where they're gonna be leading people, the people under them deserve that. And so does the organization. Now let's talk about what it means to actually lead people. Okay. Because I think there's a lot of mis yeah. there's a lot of mistakes there, yeah. right? It means to beat them every morning and yell at them. And whip at them. Yeah. Throw things okay. at them. Oh. Do you ever have a manager that throws anything at you? So not I only did. have I had that happen, <laughs> and to many people in front of me, I actually have a manager, may he rest in peace, the, totally unrelated, but he thought that I was using the um, GSM's computer to do something that I was, like I would never even dream of doing this. Yeah. Um, and um, my GSM had asked me to do something. This GM saw me, came charging through the showroom, bald head, sweating, and he took this L-shaped dust. Now remember, I told you it's an L-shaped dust, not a standard rectangle. Okay. And I had gone over to the other side, and he's trying to flip it on me, but it's an L-shaped, it's harder to shift <laughs> an L-shaped dust. Than, just so this, for all of you who would like to flip a dust, flip a rectangular dress. So <laughs> then he got more mad because he couldn't flip it. But oh my gosh. there were people watching everywhere and our training room was upstairs. People heard the commotion. They were looking down and one of my friends was crying. She thought I was going to die. And I honestly pretty much thought I did too. But so, so don't do that because it really does result in heart attacks yeah. as we found out multiple years later. So, <laughs> so don't try this at home. It happened, Jason. I'm, I, I wish I was making that up. But no, no. I have, uh, he, he wanted to flip an entire huge L-shaped desk. desk with computers on it. Deals were there and people's financial information, but that was 1999, so. So here, so so picture this, this is uh, young Jason, all yeah. right, uh, very, very early into sales, okay? Maybe a year, maybe not, okay. all right? And um, <laughs> the general manager uh, through a series of DUIs uh, could not drive himself uh, to work and uh, you didn't really see him too often, but on Saturdays, someone would drive him in and he'd come in with a, a big gulp. Okay. 72 ounces, which we knew 
a quarter of that, or if not, maybe half of that was just Jack Daniels. So, uh, great guy in the morning. Um, <laughs> really fun to talk to, very entertaining. Uh, he was attending anger management classes, and as a part of his anger management classes, he would apologize to people with $100 bills. Uh, I guess he's just that was what he was valued, and you know, to have to actually give that out would be a pinch to him. So uh, a couple of sales managers thought it'd be really funny if they play a prank on Jason. And they're like, hey, Jason, can you take these stack of deals or to, you know, to Don's desk real quick and uh, just let him know that these fell apart and we just have to unravel those. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know. Oh, I'm like, I don't know no. what the hell that means, oh, right? No. And I come over and I'm kind of, hey, Don, what's going on? How you doing? Oh, good, good, good. Hey, uh, just on lunch, you know, I'll just give you these files up. Uh, the deal fell apart, uh, these are unraveling. What? And he starts flipping them over. He's, and he loses it on me. Just loses it. Grabs one of those old keyboards that had the wire attached to it and hits the desk. And you know the keyboards just come off really easy? Oh, keys go flying like everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, the keys go flying everywhere. Little Jason goes running out of the office. He comes running out of the office. I thought he was chasing me. Um, I'm running out the backside of the dealership. I'm like hiding out next to the dumpsters because I think Don's coming to get me. <laughs> like, I'm looking around, he's not there. So then, you know, of course, you know, little Jason smokes cigarettes, you know, car business. Um, I'm out there having a cigarette with, you know, with a few people. And all of a sudden I feel this big monster hand on my shoulder. And I'm like, and I just do one of these. I'm like, don't hit me. <laughs> and he's like, I am so sorry and pulls out this stack of $100 bills and peels off a couple of them and gives them to me. And I'll tell you today, it was the scariest $200 I've ever made in my entire life. Right, <laughs> I course, think you'd be better off like selling guns or drugs or something. That's a lot safer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, guy, the guys I used to work with used to drink these um, drinks called Ripped Force. This was like back in the one. day. And so like, it was like, like, think about like Red Bull on crack. And so like, I would go to my manager and be like, so, these guys are turning into like literally beasts, <laughs> like by this after they, you know, like your guys yeah. drinking the yeah. alcohol. And he's like, oh, they're just having fun. I'm like, no, they're sweating in front of customers and they're like really aggressive and I'm scared. <laughs> and yeah, so it's the stuff this, we've all This seen, industry yeah. has some characters. You and know, some of it's um, laughable. Some of it's laughable. I mean, we can laugh at it now, yeah. right? You know, um, but the industry's changed a lot. Yeah. You know, a lot of new players have come in, a lot of new approaches to people. And I think that's kind of what it is. I mean, look, I think when we started the, the approach to people was very much so like just do whatever the hell I tell you to do right and that approach has changed a lot so you so, know in most places exactly so how does that how does a leader kind of take on the role of you know managing the people or managing their efforts or overseeing that that process and letting that process kind of oversee their people okay so I would say first of all um, you have to have you discipline leaders who first of all are leading themselves Okay. That would be the thing I would watch for. It's like, how is this person leading himself? Because your people are going to watch. Yeah, so, so, so like the lead, the leader of that leader is going to watch, and the people that work for them are going to watch. So, like, I would just watch what they're doing back to when nobody's looking, um, and find out what they're proactively doing. I, I really look for leaders today to take more initiative, and not just. I use the word proactive and reactive all the time. Are they proactive leaders? Um, have we cut through the whole five dysfunctions of a team? Is everybody really able to just talk freely and honestly without um, chance of recourse for just a. a friendly observation um, was just talking with some folks with fixed ops like you have these customer service problems 
that they escalated that because your front line wasn't able to handle it out of fear that they would yeah. do it wrong or they didn't want to tell you. So I would just say like having I don't open door policy sounds a little weird, but just like yeah, open conversation. Yeah, open yeah. conversation. Like we just talk about things and it's okay um, that we that we have roundtables with our people and say like, hey, here's where we are right now. Where do we want to be next month? And in mm -hmm. relation to our our internal retention in relation to how our customers are feeling about us in relation to our profitability. So I would get leaders in place that are growth minded like that, like the people, the profits, the processes, all mm -hmm. of that. And I would want to see evidentiary proof that they've done that before. Yeah. Yeah. And so then that leader can start modeling those behaviors. So people in their individual roles can start doing that for themselves. And you tell people go set their goals, but they never see a leader set their own goals. Sure. Other than like, sure. What's everybody going to do this month? And they just throw a bunch of nonsense numbers on the board. Oh, we're going to sell 987 cars well, and they sell 200. But I think that's a great activity yeah. because I mean, what makes a goal real is when you share it with others. Right. You know, when you keep that goal, like, totally. you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. But, you know, once I actually tell people that, then it becomes reality. Right. And, you know, with knowledge comes accountability. You know, so I think that's a great way to show, to lead by example. Right. And, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to think, you know, do, do, do you know the leaders or the managers above under them actually know what that leader's goals and objectives is? Right. I think that's really important to uh, just say, I'm not just asking you to have goals. Here are my goals, and you know, I'm not expecting you to tell me how many cars we're going to sell this one. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you the goals I've set. I want to talk with you individually and see what you think you can done. And again, back to what I said, how we help you get there not like how do you do the job but how do i help you like accelerate that like what's the there's a, a word velocity you know what's your own velocity like yeah. is it that is it time is it knowledge is it customers like what do we need to work on in finding those individual triggers because a leader coaches individuals individually mm -hmm. you're bill belichick yep. you do not coach tom brady <laughs> right and my former dear love, Wes Welker, who's gone. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll just go to um, Julie and Edelman. Like, we'll just go to that guy. Like, they're not coached the same way. They're on the same no. team. They're not coached the same way, right? So, like, you've got to say, you know, what are these people? What are they? What are they individually driven by? What does their individual role require? And am I helping them daily get there? Spending that one-on-one -on -one time is definitely going to be is definitely going to be key. And I think that identifies more of a leader than a manager. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I remember being in manager meetings yeah. where it was more of just uh, here's everything you screwed up on, here's everything you screwed up on, here's everything you screwed up. Now tell me real quick what you're gonna do. Yeah, go sell some cars. That's it. Yeah, and and, uh, and Jason, one thing that um, we could share with our our viewers is this: is like a lot of people talk about. Um, one-on-one -on -one. every day do your one-on-ones that's impossible it's really, really and, and most people can't do that well no. so once you once you say to people just think about this like how this mm -hmm. translates we're gonna do one-on-ones every day and whatever day one it already didn't work so there's no credibility in those yep. conversations I just say we're going to do one-on-ones as frequently as we can mm -hmm. so now there's no numbers that manage expectations and some people need a one-on-one, -on -one, maybe twice a week. Some need one one-on-one -on -one month, once one time a month. But they must be specific to that person. And because right now, when you even say one-on-ones, even every day or every week, they just get thrown together, and the the end value is nothing. Say, yeah, you there, don't change. Not, not, nothing not changed. Value into mm -mm. it. It's just a, it's a, it's a check-in. It should be know? thoughtful. It should, it should be. be here. Like so, you a one-on-one. -on -one, if it's going to be a ten-minute one-on-one, you should probably spend twenty minutes prepping. 
for a 10 minute one-on-one, which also makes it physically, because we have this thing called a clock, yeah. like impossible to do it every day. You so, want to go into the plan. It's not right. just like, no. hey, John, why don't you just sit down here and Where, tell where me how we? your day's going. Yeah. That's not a, that's no. not a one-on-one. So what would be, um, uh, real quick, I know our time's getting up here, but uh, what would be two or three things that you think that would be super important to include in that one-on-one? So, you know, there's the, the first just check-in, like, how, how are things going? Like, what, what do you need? Like, what have you done? I would ask first, what have you done most recently yep. to help yourself on the areas that we talked about last time? Okay, cool. So Account- quick review. Yep. Building yep. an accountability. Yep. Here are some things that I need. What do you think about that? How do you think we can approach that together? And what do you think um, we can all be doing around here? to improve don't let time build before people have a chance to contribute yeah so it's like where were we what have you been doing about that where are we what do we all need to do about that and what could we do at macro like let's just let's just keep the conversation pipeline three things that's enough to talk about yeah and those, it, 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 i was gonna say time wise too yep. like yep. what would you typically expect what would you say someone should schedule out here is this a 30 45 minute an hour it, 15 would, 15 minutes okay cool get in and out don't make it punitive for you or anybody else and make it achievable Good point i like that yeah, yeah. it's something that's very they achievable look, and they look done. forward to it yes and it's not like oh my gosh i got a whole hour with yeah. this boss yeah. yeah that's really cool Lori. thank you so much for oh, taking the time pleasure thank you me. that was a lot of fun yeah oh, great anytime a nice ride it was good, right? I like this, yeah. <laughs>